This is the Power Your Edge podcast, where we share with you the voices of creatives. You will learn, grow, and laugh with us as we hear from people who are the same as us, their journey, their tools, their gems, and their wisdom, coming together to power your edge. And now, here is your host, Malky Skolnick, founder at The Bold Edge, digital course creator, email marketing magician, app junkie, and systems fanatic. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Power Your Edge. I am so excited to have here today Esther Werber. She is the wizard at Flair Branding, and she is going to be starting us off with telling us all about her creative journey. My creative journey started, I guess, depends what you call started, but we can say practically since I'm born, I was always the artistic one creative. I didn't do very well in school, but um, I was known for my collection of colored pens that I dwelled on instead of taking notes. But that was, you know, just as an aside. I took uh, the very first computer graphics course in Muncie 20 years ago, and I learned at that time Quark Express, Photoshop, and, and Illustrator. Um, it was like a summer course, and after that, I got a job at a printer, at a local printer, and they were so proud that they got someone that had schooling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though the schooling was was okay. I mean, we learned a little bit, but first of all, they used Corel Draw, which was which I didn't ha- hadn't even learned. So I basically learned on the job. So that was that. After that, I got a job actually at my professor, my teacher that was in that course, hired me. He has his own graphic design company at the time, and he hired me to work for him after the printer. So I worked for him a couple of years. Then he moved to Israel, and I started like a little bit of freelancing. At that point, I had like two little kids. And I freelanced for like a number of years. In 2008, I officially opened Flare, which I called the Flare Design Studios at the time. So that, let's see, where are we now? Where it's like 12 years, 13 years. Wow. Yeah. So that since then, that's Flare. Like two years ago, I changed my name to Flare Branding um, because I felt that much better explained what I did and also as my business evolved I I got more into you know used to be everything designed just like more open and it it became more like specifically branding which Mm -hmm. branding has also a lot in it but definitely explains what I do and why I provide much better. Just to go off that question so the concept of branding you know everybody has I mean there is I guess the main definition but what made you decide that you want to focus on branding? So I already was kind of focusing on branding, but I just didn't call it that. It's also like today's day, that's like a, it's definitely like a, you know, a hashtag or whatever you want. It, it has a strength today's day, even though what, what I was doing before that was very much branding also, but like the word branding definitely explains what I'm doing much better. Mm-hmm. Even before I changed it to branding, I was already kind of doing branding without calling myself branding. Right. And what helped you 
develop, like you produce some really beautiful designs. I would say like a classy and not simple, but really good branding is many times simple. I mean, it's just beautiful in its simplicity. What has helped you get to the stage of professionalism that you are today? I mean, there are people that work in the field for 20 years. And to be honest, it doesn't really show much. But what has helped you to, to develop your design? First of all, simplicity is my middle name. Always like, <laughs> I'll go down to like the bare basics. You start and then you see how much you can cost them. Where you could go simpler, simpler until you can't cut anymore. Then you're, um, but 20 years, it's not like from 20 years ago, anything is still, you know, everything I learned was, is absolutely already a long time. I keep learning. I, I never stop to this day. If I want to do something, I, I'm not sure exactly how to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll learn. I'll, I'll, I'll look at YouTube videos. I, I keep current. Um, not so much. I know you were, you were asking one of the questions about trends. Not so much in trends. I, I'm not very big on trends. Um, because I, you need to kind of know what's out there a little bit. But... Just following the trends, I think, is is not the way to go because trends change and something that's beautiful will always be beautiful. If it's done right, everything gets outdated at some point. But if you're classic and you're doing something well, you don't need the trends. Right. So my back to, back to the same thing, I just want to dig a little bit deeper. A person could watch tutorials and videos to keep up with software programs and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking specifically with developing your design style and developing your sense and really honing and fine tuning to make these really beautiful, like you said, simple. I guess I got the right word to describe your designs. Um, but to, to get to that stage, what has helped you to develop that design style beyond just working at it and working at it? But has there been anything else that has helped you to get better at design? So I, I feel like I've always had like an innate sense of design and balance. Um, maybe a, another thing, which is maybe not a sort of design, but sort of not. I, I also do photography, which is another thing which I didn't even touch on as part of the branding service that I do food and product photography. And Many years ago, when I was like still single, I, I've taken some private art lessons. And at that point, I learned a lot about light. Mm -hmm. Like light and shadow, which in photography is everything. It's not the camera. It's not the setup. It's, it's light. If you, if you understand light, you can be a good photographer. But I also used that, whatever I learned in that, for the design side as well. Mm-hmm. Getting down to the basics, I also use photography a lot. Like my designs are very photography heavy because I'm doing both the photography and the design. Mm -hmm. I'm coming at it, at it from a different angle, which I think a lot of most designers don't do photography. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they'll hire someone, a photographer, to capture their vision, but it's it's diluted by the time you get to the final so that's interesting. That brings me to something that people sometimes grapple with. Many times within a project, you're working with other contractors. Like in your case, you're able to not dilute your photography vision by doing it yourself. But has there right. been any points that you have had to bring in other people? All the time, yes. I, I mean, I, I work with programmers. I work with copywriters. 
Yes. So how do you bring forth your vision in a way that it's not diluted when you cannot do it yourself? And, we, you know, in order to grow, we just can't do everything ourselves. How do you give over your vision in a way that they understand what you're talking about? So first of all, I'm, I'm like a super perfectionist and a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how does that translate well? <laughs> but let's say programmers, when I'm doing web design, so I'll do the front end and they'll do the, the, the back end. And I warn anyone that I'm working with, you should know I'm like a big perfectionist. So could you handle it? Um, <laughs> I don't drive crazy, but but I'm very, I know exactly what needs to be changed and to what. And we'll, like I'll go through everything with a fine tooth comb to make sure everything is just exactly the way I want it. A good programmer will be, oh, sure, I would love the challenge, but not everybody is up for it. <laughs> right. But with a programmer, you're sort of like you're providing the creative and they just have to translate it into code. But let's say you're working with another creative or let's say you're working with a copywriter. That's when it's more for creative vision giving over as opposed to just saying, OK, here is my design. Please make it work. When you're working with a copywriter, they have to be on board with, you know, who's who's giving what the vision is going to be, who's actually interfacing with the client and deciding what the goals should be reached and have the copywriter translate that vision. How are you able to do that properly? It depends if I'm the one that's bringing in the copywriter or the copywriter is bringing me in for the design on who does what, on who's, right. you know, interfacing with the client, let's say. Right. Um, but. I've done it both ways at some points, but usually if it's from my end, then I'll work with copywriters that I know understand my vision and we'll, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk, we'll figure out, you know, what the message is and what, what we want to bring out. I've worked, let's say with, with interior designers that are like designing a new store, let's say. So Sometimes they'll come ready with their design already and I'm coming in to do the branding after, let's say. So then it's not my project. It's really more the, the, the designer's project. Right, right. Um, but she'll work with me because she knows that I understand her style right. and what she's looking for. And obviously the, the client also has to like it and, and approve. Right. Um, but if there's trust, I think that's really it. There's trust between the professionals, then we can make it work. Right. I think that also, like you said, if one person is bringing the other person in, usually it's because they go for that specific style. And that totally makes sense right. in the grand in the grand scheme of things that you're generally going to work with people or pe that reflect your style. So going on from there, ways of work with contractors, but now let's go on a little bit further into the business aspect. Has there been a specific business practice, whether if you're working with contractors or with your clients that has really helped you out and sort of save the day so i'll tell you what like when i was starting out i wasn't like so confident let's say with my pricing or whatever and at some point i realized that i have to make a new policy and the policy is never ever ever give a price over the phone when they call ever I, and i don't do that i used to and i used to be like um uh okay it's 200 300 500 whatever it is <laughs> And then it was like, at some point, I was like, this isn't working. So I was like, okay, stop. So then from then on, I was like, okay, tell me what you need, and I'll put together a proposal for you. But how much is it? Tell me what you need, and I'll be glad to prepare a proposal for you. So that was like a big, like, I think, turning point in the business side of things of 
instead of like pulling out numbers out of your head, especially when like you're on the, the spot and you don't really exactly know what the project will, will entail. Right. So that was like just like a business practice that I learned is a no-no. I'm just curious, do you have at this point, like I'm sure you have specific packages for specific dry cut kind of things. I actually don't have packages. You don't? I have like general kind of general, but every time I do branding, which is branding is big. I mean, it, it can encompass different things. I'll ask them what they need based on whatever they're, they're going to need as part of the branding. I'm going to make them a proposal. I, I don't have packages really. So you don't have for, let's say, like you said, you have, there are different pieces that could go into a branding, I don't know, kit, whatever you want to call it. So for those individual pieces, do you have pricing for that? Like a set pricing of if you need this, if you need that, and then you put it together, or it's like every time you have to figure, look at the dynamics. Not like I'm every time figuring it out because I do have like a basic idea of right of how it will be, but it's also like everyone needs different things. So let's say packaging. Packaging is it's such a big broad. That's huge. That's huge. There could be so many different things. So like I give you a, a, an idea, like a price of packaging. If you ask me now, I could not. Mm-hmm. It depends on what you need, what it is, how many versions, if it's like a whole line, how many. Oh, there's no like black and white list of prices. I don't have like on my computer a list of prices. This is this, this is this. And also with packaging, it's the fact of also speaking to a broker, if a person does that or direct and getting that quote. But the question is that quote could also come afterwards if it's done as a separate pricing deal. Right. But, I'm talking about before, even before we're getting to the production, I'm talking about the, my design. Just the design, just the design, not even, not even bringing in the external stuff. That, no, the external things, that's even way more complicated. Yeah. So <laughs> and papers and, and no, that's even way more and more involved, way more. Right. So you're just talking about for your own design work and time and any photography, if necessary, that needs to get done and any right. branding that needs to get done and what uh, what other external pieces that are involved for that specific project. Yeah, it's it's big, especially when you're working with dimensions. And it's just it's just big. Yeah. So I yes. totally I totally get that. And do you use any specific software tools to keep track of, let's say, you know, if you're sending out a quote or just to keep track, like as a project management tool, anything that has helped you work your business nope. more efficiently? Nope. No, probably I you think that it would like be savvy, but I'm savvy with the graphic programs, but that's all. <laughs> but that's what at the end of the day, that's what sells. You're the expert at that. <laughs> what I found is I've, you know, I've interviewed a number of creatives and everybody has their own system. Some work with something very simple. Some just keep track of everything by email. So my, my email is my, like literally my email is my to-do list. Like if, if somebody calls me, which I, I prefer email always, but if they call me like, could you do this, this, I'm like, please send me email. And I flag the emails. Then I look at the flags to see, you know, what my to-do list is basically. I think that's very smart that you have everything in writing by email, because what I find is, is that the client also has time to think over what they actually need, because otherwise it's like they're, they're just talking. And it's also like you can go back and see, oh, like if there was a mistake, let me go back and look. What did I say? What did she say? Or, or he, whatever. Exactly. It, it's that paper trail. Yeah, but it's a total. Like I, I look at, at like at the sent items, at the things that have attachments. Right. So then I know like what needs to be built. (laughs) 
I think it's totally important. Like I said, like once a person puts something in writing, then it's, it's more formal and it's more likely to happen. What I've noticed also is, is that sometimes a person will tell me something over the phone, but once it has to get into writing, somehow the tune changes somewhat. Yeah. So it's like, it's a good confirmation. Like, yeah. is this what we actually, like, this is what we're actually speaking about. Like on the phone was like a theoretical conversation that we're just spouting off whatever we're saying. But once it's in writing, people think clearer. I mean, they write down, I think at least that that's what happens with me. At least I know that when I'm sending out an email, I am thinking over what I'm saying and I'm writing very concisely. Exactly. Exactly. And I prefer it in general, just, I don't like to speak on the phone. I, I prefer that people email me rather than call me. I mean, not everybody does. I can't change people's habits. but um, <laughs> They like your personal touch. I guess so, but I, maybe I don't like theirs. <laughs> no, that's not nice. <laughs> it goes two-way street. What about WhatsApp messages? How do you stand on that? I prefer email. Some, some clients <laughs> do WhatsApp me, but then it's like the WhatsApp and the, and the phone I should I get WhatsApp on the computer because I'm like 90% of the time on the computer and not on my phone or tablet. So I really, I should probably just get WhatsApp on my screen, but like on my computer. Right. But I have that. It's interesting because I have WhatsApp. Um, I, I put it on my computer because to be honest, I'm not a very good typist on this on like my phone. Right. And I just find it so much, it's so much easier to just type on the screen. So what I do is I'll get the messages and I'll just go to my computer right. and I'll just type back messages. But for business wise, I actually just have it by email. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, as it is, I think every, the day is so busy to keep track of like all these different channels. Right. Exactly. It's just overwhelming. And at the end of the day, we want to keep things as streamlined and keep track of what our clients need. And it's just that our benefit at the end of the day. So. Exactly. Definitely very important. Size and it's more like one place where you go for everything. Exactly. And especially like just to segue over to the next question, what I found also is, is that, you know, as creatives, we're taking care of also not just creative stuff, which we would love to do creative stuff the whole day. We also have to do business stuff and all that kind of stuff, which could sometimes take away from our creativity. And what helps you when you like sort of feel like your brain, creative brain has fizzled out and you're like, I need ideas. I'm trying to get ideas. What do you do to help like ignite that process? So if it's like something like a bigger project that I'm walking, working on, I'll like walk away. I'll like literally I'll go away and come back. And then many times the inspiration will hit. Another thing mm-hmm. that I, I tend to get very good ideas as I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> for sure or on Shabbos both um, both are fabulous but some, sometimes <laughs> I'll even be like brainstorming like taglines or something like as I'm going to sleep and the best ones come when you're semi-conscious <laughs> <laughs> it's a semi-conscious brain that just like um, you know you're sort of connecting with the other world already <laughs> right. yeah. so it's more powerful <laughs> um, I need sunlight I need sunlight all the time Otherwise, I'm like a plant. I would wither without light. Like if I don't have light, <laughs> it's bad news. So that it's so funny because I have I have the same thing that I have in the morning. I'm like it sounds it sounds weird, but 
I sit in front of my window where I have this like sun coming in and I just take the sun for like a couple of minutes. I just need, I feel it. No, but I feel the rejuvenation. Like if I walk in the streets, I feel the sun on me. There's like a certain, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something. There's definitely something there. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I definitely agree with you on that one. Have there any specific books that have helped you with your, design or business that you could recommend to other creatives? Happens to be I'm like a very prolific reader, but like not necessarily um, in design or I don't listen to podcasts. I don't really like read design. I'm trying to think. I have like a couple, but nothing, not all the ones recommended. I always say, oh, let me, I'm going to buy it, but then I forget about it. And I don't do podcasts because I can't, I'm very visual. I cannot sit and listen to you for a while, even though we're doing a podcast now, but I I literally can't do it. I I don't have the attention span and especially if I'm not seeing anything. So that's just, so I, I, like, I'm sure I would have learned a lot from different podcasts and I I hear about them recommended all the time. And I, I, I think it's so interesting because everybody learns in a different way. And I think it's great that you own up with what works best for you. Because let's say, for instance, like I, when I go walking, for me, it's very boring. So if I listen to a podcast, which is like an audio only, I sort of feel like I'm accomplishing and I don't notice that I'm actually doing exercise. Because for me, exercise is great. Like just walking, it's great. Like it ears out my brain. So that's for me, like helps me out. So it's interesting how everybody learns in different ways and everybody gains information and takes it in from different sources and different ways. I mean, you've got to such an amazing place in design and you didn't even read tons of books or watch podcasts or things like that. So I think it's amazing how every person has, you know, could choose what works best for them. And with Hashem's help, they'll get to where they need to go, providing that they do the best that they could. Yeah. So So on that note, could you leave us off with something inspirational for creatives out there to help them through their day, to help them when they get stuck? This is going to sound corny, but (laughs) like I always think about it when I'm doing a design, especially like a really well done one, that I'm just like adding a little bit of beauty to the world. And, you know, there's a lot of, the, we're, we're surrounded by design. Wherever you, you go, you're in the supermarket, every single label was designed. On the street, billboards, you're, you're surrounded by design all the time. Your shampoo bottle. Um, and, and there's a lot of bad design too. Um, so if you could put out a design and it's really well done and it's nice, you just added like a little beauty to the world. It could have been something bad and instead it's something really beautiful and you're adding a little bit of extra beauty to somebody's day. I love what you said. And I have to say, everybody, you need to check out Esther's, not just her design work, but her photography. Like I follow her on Instagram and she has these beautiful pictures of flowers that she posts. I think it's something amazing and you definitely do add more beauty to the world and it definitely is inspirational the inanimate the adamant things just gets a person thinking and appreciating what's out there in the world nature and also in just computerized design right so on that note thank you so much esther for participating and being on this podcast and looking forward to seeing some more of your gorgeous stuff